You're listening to Dancing Around Elephants, a podcast that talks to dancers about the elephant in the room, dance injuries. I'm Danelle Dixon, a dancer turned physical therapist, and I currently work with dancers helping them get past their challenges to access the next level of their dance careers. I'm sitting down to talk with dancers about their journey, their injuries, and how they have successfully navigated past the elephant in the room. My goal is to change the way we approach injuries in the dance community, and it all starts with a conversation. Let's get started. Okay, guys, home stretch. We're wrapping up by talking about what retirement looks like in a dance world and Zara's personal story of a chronic illness called pulmonary sarcoidosis, which she also calls her husband. Enjoy. And just to kind of add on to this, I actually have not encountered any dancers that have had any chronic illnesses. You would be really? Me, you would be my first one. Huh. Yes. A lot of them just really come in a lot. At least the, the ones that I have seen have all have general orthopedic or sports injuries. Right. Do you know what I mean? But even with those guys, Mm -hmm. I would say the mental faculty and the ability to navigate those injuries, not from a physical therapy standpoint or a biomechanical standpoint, but the emotional aspect of it, the mental, it's huge. It's massive. There's so many dancers who have had injuries that don't get back because of what's happening here. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's interesting that even though you, it's like being called just a dancer, that when you have this challenge... I'm a dancer. You pull on all of these skills. Yeah. To be like, no. We figure we it out. We have this. We figure it out. And you have that mental steel. Yeah. That's going to get yeah. you through this thing. And I, you know? I honestly, honestly, I mean, KB, my mother, who is the original dancer, is definitely a big factor in having a mental steel. Mm-hmm. But she was also a big factor in why I continued dancing because she just wouldn't let me quit. But yeah, I think the only reason I'm getting through this, and you know, there's some days where people are like, People I haven't seen in a really long time. And they go, oh my God, you look amazing. Your skin is so clear. And I just go, must be my chemo. And I'm just like, you know what? Like, I'm at my worst health right now. And you're trying to tell me I look good? Like, I don't feel good. I know I don't look good. Because for me, physically, Mm -hmm. this is not the body I'm used to. I know this is probably a body that's perfectly normal for most people. But this is not normal for me. And you know dancers have these crazy esoteric goals and body goals. We will always be looking at ourselves like, oh, this doesn't look right. Exactly right. Always, always. And I even, I will admit, like, I was a very healthy body perspective dancer. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought ass and thighs were amazing but mm-hmm. yeah like I would always be a dancer and my dancing mentality is what has helped me through these last going on nine ten months and will continue helping me through and then the reality of being a dancer like when I, I see my consultants once a month and Dr. Patel who's a great guy and has been really helpful he has said to me he's like you're one of my favorite patients to see because you're so realistic and I was like what do you mean he's like you're the patient who asked me when I put you on chemo can I drink and can I smoke? Because those are things I enjoy. <laughs> and he's like, I mean, most people won't ask me and then do it, yes. but you at least are going to ask me and I say to you, and I give you the honest answer and then I know. Then we can navigate around Then we it. can navigate. And I was yes. like, well, dude, I need to know what I can and can't do. What's your limitations? What are my limitations? Yeah. Know your capabilities. It, it, what it is my survive. technique? Because yes. I need to survive here, yes. right? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I have one life. And if I know, I'm not even addicted to smoking. I just actually really like smoking, right? Like, uh-huh. I, I would not smoke for like a year and I'd be like, oh, I can really do a cigarette. And mm-hmm. I just smoke, right? And 
I just know that when I'm in this situation, I'm thinking about health and I get, and I suddenly like, I'm in a situation where sometimes I'm walking onto the train station, onto the tube. I need to stop on the stairs because I actually just can't breathe and I need to just take a beat. And sometimes after that, I'm just like, man, that's really frustrating and annoying. And I'm so used to controlling my body. I'm going to just make my lungs a little bit worse and smoke a cigarette. But you know, he said straight up, he said, one, this is not actually from your smoking. This is your body fighting itself. It's not going to, it's not going to be great. He's like, you'll probably get cancer, but you wouldn't make your sarcoid worse. So he's like, if you're going to smoke, smoke in moderation. I was like, what about drinking? He's like, this is going to affect your liver. So don't drink too much. Drink in moderation. <laughs> so like, I will sit down with you today and I will drink. Mm-hmm. But tomorrow and for the rest of the week, I will drink coconut water for like ever. Yes. Because I want to make sure there's balance. Balance, guys. And I want to make sure that I don't regret any of this and i also want to make sure i'm present fit you know this is a big part of my life this is a big change it's like changing career and if you're not present if you're not really integrating it with your life i feel like you miss out on a lot of stuff and i think that's what's really important for dancers coming back from injury with injury without injury and i said i mentioned this before about balance i think the balance is important because it gives you perspective Mm -hmm. it makes you because dancers live in a beautiful world. We live in this like magical world where you have all the control over your body. You can make your body do amazing things. People clap for you. Yes, there's some hard, there's definitely some hard parts. But at the end of the day, we are, we're unicorns, right? Dancers we are. are unicorns. We are. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole other set of unicorns out there as well. They are. Who don't get what we do. But you should integrate with them because there's something valid that they can bring to you and there's something really useful as well, and there's something that you can give to them. Yes. And I yes. think like all of my experiences have brought me to this place at 37 years old of dealing with a chronic illness. And by the way, I only had ankle injuries when I stopped dancing. So dealing with ankles, it still do really weird things because I ruptured both my ankles within a year of retiring. Wow. Just walking. Like, not they, in heels either. They gave out. In flats. They gave out. Like, the first one, I was walking down some stairs. And I was on the landing of the stairs. Yeah. I wasn't even, like, in process of downstairs. Mm-hmm. And my left one went, pow, pow, pow. And I was on the ground. I was like, what was that? Yeah. I was just like, oh. And I showed Nikki a picture. She's like, yeah, you ruptured that. She's like, can you come back to London? Because I wasn't in London time. I was like, yeah, okay. And then the second one went, like, maybe nine months after that. And she's like, okay, so those are your ankles. And I do really weird things now. Like, they're really... They just aren't. And I always had really flexible ankles. Cracky. Really. But I had those those ankles where, you know, walking and you'd be like, bloop, bloop. I don't even know. Like, she was always like, my Super tendons were really loose. But they, like, this time it was no bloop, bloop. It was po. And like, yeah. there was, ah, you know what the next one was? I was walking to a Beyonce concert. Mm. And I think I remember you posting about this. And I was in a wheelchair at a Beyonce concert. Because yeah, I was just walking like, and this girl thought on? there was gunshots. She dropped to the ground. When she was standing next to me and my uncle gave out and she dropped the ground because she thought it was a gunshot. I was like, oh no, my uncle just went out. She was like, you are really okay about this. I was like, mm, you know, it's life. And then they, we got wheelchair access, which meant we got a really good view. And then we got out really easily because we had two wheels and the car was waiting. That was silver lining to me because if Listen. you've ever been to Beyonce concert trying to get out to that, like, you know. Guys, perspective. Pers- it's perspective about perspective and balance. And having and technique and technique <laughs> and having navigated from three to thirty-seven to yeah. this point in your life and Shut have up. all of these like three to thirty-seven. 
Yeah. It, it's do before three years old. I grew <laughs> learning to walk, maybe. Hopefully. <laughs> and eating something like that. Maybe. Language, all that stuff. Stressing out KB. Stressing out your mom. Mm-hmm. So, really, really an interesting stuff. So, let's get back to... Sorry, we totally digressed. I know, we did. But it was a good digression because there is something to be said for ending your career and starting a new challenge. Yeah. That still involves your body as a dancer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So even though you're not directly in the dance world, you are still in the struggle of the control that we all seek as a dancer. Yeah. You know what I mean? But in a completely different realm. In a completely different realm. Which is so interesting. Yeah. But now that you're in this other realm and we're now diving back into, now that you're not actively dancing, what mm-hmm. else are you doing? You're into operations now. Yeah. Let's talk about the finances of it. How does the finances of both careers, the dance and operation, influence your life and your choices? So when I was dancing, I mm-hmm. was lucky enough to have a really well-paying job. Mm-hmm. And I negotiated my own contracts every year. And I always made sure I got a pay increase because I was like, these are the things I have done. And I, one of the things I think that dancers need to make sure and do is know your worth. Like, do your research and come to them. When you're talking money, approach them in the way that they deal with money. Talk to them in their, in their numbers. Be like, this is the value I've added. These are the things I bring to the table. And this percentage is my increase. And this is why. Because you can't just go, I should get more money. Say why. And say why that money is going to work for them. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, then they cannot deny you your raise. Now, I will say that what you are saying is talking Dutch to a lot of answers. Possibly. Because, no, definitely. That's a shame. Which is very shameful, but also kind of lends to the idea that a lot of dancers don't even conceptualize what a contract negotiation is. So let's talk about that first. What does a contract negotiation look like? So especially in the West End Mm -hmm. and not Broadway, Mm -hmm. West End in London very specifically. Mm -hmm. Because Broadway, if you get in on an original cast, you have a lifetime contract because Mm -hmm. the union, your equity has negotiated that, which I think is brilliant from a dancer's perspective, but from a management perspective, it's horrible mm-hmm. because dancers get lazy when mm-hmm. they're making, what is Broadway minimum now? Something like two grand a week? Maybe. I, last time I checked, it was 1600 a week and that was years ago, right? So when someone is making $1,600 a week, which on any, in any space is a good bit of money, mm-hmm. people get lazy. Mm-hmm. And... As much as I think it's a good step for dancers in being paid their worth, I think you should still earn your worth, right? Mm -hmm. So the difference with here in London is that you negotiate your contract every year. Now, a lot of people have agents and they negotiate on their behalf. I chose to not have an agent and keep my 10% for myself (laughs) because I'm giving away my heart. Because I appreciate agents. I respect what they do. But the reality is... What they do, you could do. You just have to be informed. So what I did when I first moved here is I figured out what this whole thing was, right? Because I didn't know. So I did some reading. I was like, okay, so we're treated as self-employed. So you're responsible for your taxes. You get paid this amount, blah, blah, blah. And then after my first year, and this is how I always thought, which is why I knew operations was for me anyway. Um, I went in and I was like, okay, great. So this has been a great year. What are you thinking? And I always let them speak first because mm-hmm. I want to know how you think about me before I start to lay out my stuff. And if they're like, oh, it's amazing. I mean, when you say, I'm like, great, so do I. But this is how I'm going to stay. Mm-hmm. And then you tell them like, and keep things. And I can, I'm speaking from a West End slash Boris's perspective. How often you were off sick, how often you were injured or not injured. All of those things, keep all those stats because they speak in metrics. Because when it comes down to the bottom line, of which is the numbers. It's their financial statements and their figures, yes. right? Mm-hmm. 
So you have to talk to them in those numbers. So you go, right, well, I have been able to, you know, if you are an, an ensemble member, you were here X amount of times and you therefore, and you weren't injured or you were injured, but when you were, you came back in a certain amount of time and all those things. And just get your numbers, get your stats and your dance captain or your resident director should have those stats if they're actually managing this effectively because they need to have those stats as well mm-hmm. to be able to manage your team. And you then say, you know, I think it's valid that I have minimum, I think minimum should be a 10% increase based on the amount of time and energy that you give to that show. Mm-hmm. And 10% is a minimum, in my opinion, Got because it. you're not only giving the majority of your time. And yes, technically, you work a 35.5 hour week most of the time. But when you're in rehearsals, yes, you get paid overtime, but they don't accommodate for all those other things we talk about. The time that you, the time you spend at the gym, the time Technique, you go to that dance class, the time in, medical the maintenance, all of those all things, right? Mm-hmm. They don't accommodate for that. And I think the 10% increase is the minimum you should ask for. So let's dive out from your world a little bit. What do you say to a contemporary dancer who does not have this kind of setup in terms of contract negotiation? How do contemporary <coughs> dancers find their worth within a dance company? I mean, it's. I think it's similar. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying I think because I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But I think in a contemporary dance company, it will be similar because you're going to have the same problems, right? You're going to have the same injuries. You're going to have the same, I'm not well. And when you're not well, it's not that you can come and cough at your desk. It's You can't do your job, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think there's a part to be played in what your equity can do for you, what your union can do for you, what those minimums are. And I think contemporary dancers especially are worse off than... West End slash Broadway dancers because of the money. Yes. Right? Like, mm-hmm. not everybody has the machine of Disney behind it or whatever mm-hmm. production house. And so contemporary is a little bit worse. But I think they should still fight for what they're with. And what the end result is that the only way that you're going to get the right responses if you talk in their language. So you might have to do a bit of research. You might have to go and read a book on financial planning or how to write a business plan or how to, you know, how to write a PL and just understand their thought process and then figure out the same way I translated my dance captain duties into business world. Yes. You translate your value mm-hmm. into their business world and mm-hmm. you have to, you have, like, this have is to show yet value. another thing that a dancer has to do. Yes. But you have to because you have to figure it out, but you have to show your value and you have to talk to them in their, in their terms. Yes. In their words. Otherwise, Agreed. for them, you're just somebody who's saying, I want more money and they're going to say, for what? Exactly. And you need to be able to say four, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And that's how I negotiated my contract for 10 years. And on my last year, and I had told them I wasn't coming back, they still called me a contract negotiation time. And the general manager was like, I know you said you weren't going to renew, but just in case, should we have the conversation? I was like, then you continue upping my salary. She was like, we will for you to stay. And I was like, okay, this is how much I wanted. She was like, yeah, we could do that. And I was like, yeah, but I'm not staying. And she's just like, you sure? And she's like, I'll keep it open. I was like, don't keep it open. Like, one, I don't want that temptation because it would have been easy money. Mm-hmm. But two, I was like, you need to support me in my new thing. Direction. Like, in my new direction. Thank mm-hmm. you. But three, it was also really pleasant to know that they wanted me to stay. Yeah. But that, more, that speaks well to the relationships that you forged. Yeah. Them, and they're know? still present. And, mm-hmm. you know, she even said, she was like, you were one of the few people that we actually, she was like, I kind of enjoyed negotiating with you because she's like, you negotiated and you win an agent. You were there for yourself. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that 10% is mine. <laughs> like, <laughs> all of it is mine. So, ladies and gents listening to this, it is important to know and understand the business of dance. 
Yeah. Because it is a business. Read your contracts. And read your contracts. If you don't have one, get one. Yeah. If you do have a contract, like look at the terms and see what the cost of living, see what the things Mm -hmm. is important to you in order to show up present and perform your job duties. Even as a performing artist, you are still doing a job. Yeah. Okay. And you are also still an athlete and there are requirements that are necessary for you to perform your duties that have yeah. to happen. And nine times out of 10 in the general dance world, we are not paid what we are, what Definitely. we are owed. So it is really important for you to be an advocate for yourself. If you do not have a union behind you yeah. to get the things that you need in order to have longevity, not only in your dance career, but after. Yeah. When it all wraps up. Because yeah. there is an, an end curtain call to and all of this at some point. Yeah. Okay. So question. We have three more to go. Yeah. How did your network on your choices during your dance career influence what you choose after you decided to stop dancing? It didn't. It didn't. Explain that. So I didn't really have much of a dance network because mm-hmm. I wasn't really interested in it. Got it. So you because again you decided to go a completely different direction. Yeah. And not only that, like, my actual network were all non-dancers anyway. I Mm -hmm. never really socialized and networked within my space Mm -hmm. because I was more interested in people outside. Mm -hmm. So it didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And my choice to go into operations also wasn't influenced by my network at all. It was influenced by my own research and what I like to do and how my mind knows. And being self-aware, like, I had to do a lot of personal reflection Mm -hmm. to really find that niche right Uh and so yeah i just so what was the reception of i'm sorry to cut Mm -hmm, you off but what was the reception of people who are not in the dance world to Mm -hmm. see you with an mba Mm -hmm. but also with an extensive dance background what was that reception like I think everyone was really intrigued and then they hear the lion king they're like oh my god because everyone knows the lion king Mm -hmm. but I think more important, and that's what's been nice. Like, I have essentially forged this new career on my own, right? Mm -hmm. Like, found my first job on my own. All my jobs are found on my own. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I think it's also because of the industry that I chose to work in, or the space. Because I work in different industries, but I work in startups slash scale-ups. So I always, I work with people who are creatively influenced somehow. Mm, and it's okay. because they're starting a company or they've started one, they wanted to grow. Um, my first real solid like stint was in a music tech company. I was surrounded by creative people. They were geeks, but they were all creative and they were working in music and they were mm. building hardware and software products to produce music, right? So you really get to like merge your, yeah, your curiosity for, for creativity mm-hmm. with, with just the tech side and, yeah. and the brain power behind yeah, it. Yeah, and recognizing that tech is the way the world is going. The yes. world is a technological mm-hmm. incubator mm-hmm. and going, I still want to work with people that I like and enjoy and the nature of person I like and enjoy will always be a creative. Mm. So I'm surrounded by creatives all the time. Awesome. Yeah. And that's what I think has been really great yeah. and useful. And yeah, I mean, networking is so important. And I don't want, I'm not belittling it at all, but I hate it. And it's horrible. <laughs> I think we all do. And it's awkward. Yes. <laughs> and it's really rubbish. Mm-hmm. But I have seen the power of networking. It's, it's amazing. Not necessarily through me, but through other people. And yes. I've seen, I'm like, wow, I wish I could do that. Mm-hmm. You yes. know? So for the guys out there who are not great at networking, there is something to be said of knowing what you bring to the table. Yeah. And knowing where you fit in and how you can use your talents, as you said, or the things that make you special and unique to move yourself forward, whether it's yes. within the dance world or without the dance world. 
All right. Is there a market for entrepreneurship after a dance career? Yeah. Of course there is. I mean, Tell I, me about it. Tell what, what have you experienced in your world that tells you that the answer is yes? I think dancers are the best next career people you can hire. Wow. Like, if mm-hmm. you came across two people mm-hmm. who had very similar credentials, maybe, let's say the dancer didn't have an MBA like I do, right? Mm-hmm. But you have two candidates who have interviewed well, that you like well, and I'm not saying this because I'm biased. Oh, I am biased. But I would hire the dancer because we come with so many other soft skills that Explain. people don't know. So, like grit, determination, the figure-it-out ability of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that we are very... We're resilient. Like, we are resilient AF. You know what I mean? We are a breed of human that is able to use... We're resourceful. Mm-hmm. We are able to use everything at our fingertips to make something happen. And we won't stop until we get it right. It's a bad thing and it's a good thing because sometimes you have to... like, I, And I have learned in my new career that sometimes it's better to put out a process that is half baked and it's just a skeleton mm-hmm. before it's perfect. Oh, perfectionism can get, can get in the way. Yep. It can get in mm-hmm. the way and you want to iterate. But actually when you think about dance, that is all we do. All we do is iterate, right? Mm-hmm. In the pursuit of perfection. But every time you go on that stage and you do that piece of choreography, you are iterating every single time because every single time you go on that stage, you want to do it better. Yes. So mm-hmm. the reality is we are innately trained to work in business. Yes. Because right now that is the nature of business. Yes. The nature of business is that you have to be able to iterate and you have to iterate fast. Yes. And you have to be flexible. So not only are we physically flexible, but we are mentally Mentally flexible, flexible of course. So of course. I think if I, like, I would be the boost business owner because all I would do is hire ex-dancers to be really fun because (laughs) one we would speak the same language but two I know the work ethic and the approach to things that comes and those have always been the things that anyone that I've worked with they've always appreciated like if there were reviews or appraisals or Mm performance or peer reviews and that's all the thing that they come up with that the consistent thing is I'm the person that gets things done and my approach to work is one that means that everyone can be included, but we can, we will get it right. Yes. So basically every single skill set that you have learned at Lion King, you have now transposed into the business world. Yeah. And, every and, single one. And that's a lot of skill set. Yeah. That's a lot of positive things even, that a lot of people do not have. And even ones I didn't yeah. know I had, I mm-hmm. realized, oh, like even, you know, you have to manage up, right? Yeah. Because CEOs and founders are special breed or think they're special breed mm-hmm. um, and you have to manage up and even that I realized my time at Lanking with the multiple histories disciplinaries like cultures I mean I had to teach someone a show who had never spoken English before and I don't speak another language and we had to figure out how to get this show taught in nine weeks and then when we finally learned it we couldn't shut the boy up I mean <laughs> I mean but you, you teach him English and not listen but well, he learned English from having to learn Lion King like that is how he learned his English right mm-hmm. and what was the language he's Brazilian so he Brazilian. speaks Portuguese Portuguese mm-hmm. but yeah he Jackson spoke no English it, mm-hmm. I was just looking I'm like you can't be serious right now <laughs> no, I have nine weeks and we can't and I can't even communicate with you Right, but, but he that made it happen, yeah. And he went on that stage and he smashed it. But like, even skills like that, I didn't really 
think were going to be super useful. And they but they are so useful. That I will I will say to to kind of credit what you're saying is that dancers are amazing problem solvers. Oh, we are brilliant. Okay, from a physical therapy's perspective, dancers are in one way my best patients and also my worst patients. Mm. We are very in tune with our bodies. We know that this hurts here. Mm-hmm. But also, by the time that we figured out this food here, we figured out five different ways we can work around. <laughs> we are problem yeah. solvers. Innately, we are yeah. problem solvers. And we have at least two or three different solutions for any one problem that mm-hmm. comes up. You know what I mean? That's true. And in order to figure out that, our brain waves are going all the time. So we are very good at coming into life. And after your dance career mm-hmm. and applying those skills is, is such a valuable tool. Yeah. But I think a lot of dancers really um care themselves for and and don't credit themselves with that skill set and recognizing that that's an actual tool that you can work outside of dance the dance industry yeah so last question for you what are the things do you have your eyes on set on outside of operations it seems like the world is your oyster at this point like you have you have all of these skill sets all of these experiences you're in the the drive to master your body but in a different perspective in terms of your chronic illness with self-illness And yet you're now using the same skill sets in a completely different way. What's your next direction? I want to be able to run <laughs> without mm-hmm. passing out. Mm-hmm. But my next direction, I mean, ideally, and I think we're briefly talking about this, I would love, like really, really love to build and create an incubator and accelerator within the Caribbean region and connecting different Caribbean entrepreneurs with the international world and having mm-hmm. distribution networks and all those things to bring in my startup skill set and my knowledge of that to whom mm-hmm. but then i mean i love shoes i love fashion i've always thought about like that's the one industry that i haven't quite touched on like i've been in pr med tech health tech music tech theater and i'm just like mm, maybe fashion. i should dig into fashion but from an operational perspective right yeah mm-hmm. but right there's now there's a way to do that there's, sure. there's definitely a way yeah mm-hmm. one thing like I'm going to work on my networking skills. Yes, people, you hear that? Work on it. Work yeah, on you always, man, you always have to upskill. Like, that's one thing. You mm-hmm. always have to upskill. Don't ever settle. Mm-hmm. But right now, I just can't... Honestly, my focus is on my job at the moment is chill and it's easy and it's still good and it's exciting and it's interesting and it's keeping me going. I'm focusing on figuring out this health thing. Yes. So, yes. job-wise... And that's the other thing that's been nice about my retirement... I can do that. Yes. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. I can say, I'm going to work from home two days a week because Mm -hmm. from an exhaustion point of view, it's easier to manage. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I'm a dancer, you can't do your job from home. You can't. It just doesn't work. (laughs) And yeah. There's no time off. Whereas now I can go, right, I need to be able to work from home and I need to not be on a tube for two days a week just to manage this more effectively. And I can still do all the work that I need to do, right? So Mm -hmm. there's that element. And so I'm just going to spend the rest of... I think at least until next year, this time probably like making sure this health thing doesn't get to the lung transplant phase. And yeah, we won't. Goes do that. to disappearing phase. That's yes. my aim. We, we need this to come back. To yeah. We're not going to. And I want to be boxing. And I want to, and I'll probably be at this company for this time next year, but hopefully transitioning to a new company. And yeah. I just want to learn a bunch of different industries. Awesome. So, me. So, guys, we have talked a lot. Oh, my God. We have spanned, again, 3 to 37. Who knew that in 34 years all of this could happen? 
Like yeah, it's, it's 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 an amazing journey. Wow. I'm so happy that you were able to share it with us. My pleasure. And thank you for your honesty, your raw thoughts, exposing my secrets about gambling. <laughs> I went <from> gambling. <laughs> you know, um, it, it's really been amazing to for you to share this world. Thank of, you for asking me. No, this was all my pleasure. This was an amazing thing, and I really think, and I really hope that for you guys from the audience that you were able to really kind of see the progression of, you know, like how your dance career can, can evolve into. It's not as simple as, you know, and for a lot of people in the U.S., I think it's about, you know, well, I'm not dancing anymore. I think I can teach you. There's so much more to you than just dance. And there's so many skill sets that dancers do have, as Zara has yeah. said, that you can really learn and go into any different field that you want to. She has yeah. hit so many different fields, all on the technological side. But yes, it's there. There is space for you out there, and I and, and I'm excited to hear someone that has experienced what she has really being able to take a step back and take away. Okay, I'm no longer a dancer. This is not my identity. This is one part of me. Uh-huh. This is not the entirety of who I am. What else do I have to bring to the table to offer the world? Yeah. And it's really exciting to see someone who's able to get the best of all worlds. You know, That's get the right. best of the dance and the spotlight and then also get the best of this is my life. This is what I enjoy. You know, this was part of my life and I am still going to live it and enjoy the the fruits of my labor and the relationships that I've developed. So I'm so excited that you shared this with us. Thank you for having me. I feel like I need to give you a hug. (laughs) Thank you so much. And I I hope you guys really, really enjoyed this. Um, Again, this is Zara Bartels. All of her information. Again, tell us where to find you on Instagram. Z Bartels, well, at Z Bartels, that's the way to put it. But Z spelled Z E E Bartels, B A R T E L S. This will be in, in the um the credits yeah. for your information so you can connect with her if you have any questions. She yeah. has the plethora of information. You guys should dig on it. She is awesome and open and be prepared to be told like it is, as you can tell. <laughs> Thank you got a little bit of that from the interview that she is just that kind of person. It's so easier um, that way. Way easier. So again, thank you for my pleasure for talking with us. I think it is. Oh my and, god. And um bye guys. Bye. Do you have comments, questions, or want to share your unique experience? Check the episode cliff notes to shoot me a message. We want to hear from you. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and you've learned some new things and mostly connected with the process and experiences of these amazing dancers. See you next time.